7.32 on this Wednesday. It is Bickley and Murata mornings. Live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Cazell with you until 10 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, Phoenix Suns, back to work, uh, or at least... Um, out of the Kevin Durant pursuit business because Kevin Durant and the Nets yesterday, uh, it happened during the course of our show. Mm-hmm. They released the statement that uh, you know they're in partnership now. It was weird terminology too. Yeah. Uh, so earlier in the show, we kind of focused on the Nets side of things. How legit is this? Can it actually work out? How hot is Steve Nash's seat? But you know, we're in Phoenix, Arizona, and the Phoenix Suns were in pursuit of Kevin Durant. Make no mistake about it. Um, and now. What do they do moving forward? Not only with the players that are on the roster that may have been dangled in this trade uh, discussion with the Nets, uh, but what do they do in terms of improving this roster? Well, that's a great question because I, I do think on some level, you know, you know that Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges both know that they've been at the center of either trade rumors or trade proposals, right? If the Suns have been pursuing Kevin Durant, one of the NBA's greatest all-time players, they clearly have been offering up guys in return. And so these guys know that. So the question becomes, how do they feel about all this, and how does the franchise address all of this? It becomes trickier if Kevin Durant is still in play in the Phoenix Suns' minds. Uh, One of my takeaways from what went down yesterday was basically the Brooklyn Nets saying, okay, you know what, none of these teams, Philly, Boston, Miami, whoever, they don't have what we need. They can't give us fair value, and we just can't do this deal. And, And I think as a result, that sort of gives the Suns another shot at this if Brooklyn and Kevin Durant do not completely reconcile and I really, I, I, it just seems really out of touch that Kevin Durant could do everything he did and say the things that he said and ask for what he asked for. And then just with one meeting, it's all fine. So I, I think that logically, I think we all assume that this is an uneasy truce between Brooklyn and Kevin Durant. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. So if if this is an uneasy truce based on the fact that if we don't like how this feels two months from now, we'll fire this back up, then you would have to think that this is going to help the Phoenix Suns make another run at Kevin Durant in the future if they choose. The question is, should they choose? Because it, if, if you are going to re-pursue or re-examine Kevin Durant in January, you don't want to be making any grand proclamations to the guys you have right now because you you don't want to be two-faced like that. You don't want to be coming out, hey, no, we love you. We never were going to trade you. And then in January, rumors fly up again. You don't want to do that. So I so I think there's a level of honesty and communication that are that's very necessary here. I, I don't know which way the Suns are going to go with this, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, you wonder, too, about that possibility, and everybody's got that date, January 15th, circled. Um, the reporting in all of this since June 30th, and Kevin Durant talked about it. Then we saw what happened with, with DeAndre Ayton. But everything we heard out of Brooklyn uh, was the, the, the Nets wouldn't have had interest in DeAndre Ayton anyway. So, you know, the the word creative was used this week uh, by, by Shams Charania before what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Suns were trying to be creative and looping in three, uh, a third, or a fourth team to make this happen. Can Do you have 
the flexibility and the leeway to get that creative again after January 15th. And what if the Suns get off to a great start again? Yeah. Are you willing to go down that road and possibly upset any progress you've, you had made or any chances you had at a, at a championship? Yeah. Um, I think that's a real slippery slope, but, um, you know, I think a lot of it depends on what Kevin Durant is like once the season starts. If he's willing to play ball, which, again, you want to talk about your all-time reversals. Mm -hmm. Now, not saying that he got to the place that he got to, but this is two weeks after he demanded heads on a platter. I know. And And one meeting was enough to patch it up. That, that to me, indicates, Bick, that this is very temporary. There was, uh, yeah, and and so this is, yes, I agree with that. So this makes this really fascinating because at at one point in time, um, I, I really thought the Suns, they better execute this trade for Kevin Durant because I really didn't know if, if DeAndre Ayton was coming back. Jay Crowder's expressed his unhappiness. And at one point in time, I thought for all of the for all of the effort they're putting into this, they better snag Kevin Durant. Now that they've signed an offer sheet and they have control of DA, I think this is going to be a very fluid situation. And I think they're Kevin Durant's going to weigh how it feels in Brooklyn. I think the Suns are going to look at, at, at DeAndre Ayton and are you going to make the jump now that you're getting paid a lot of money and I, I think there's a lot of that because let's be honest here DeAndre Ayton and you could say Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson but really DeAndre Ayton he's got so much untapped potential that if he ever did get his way close to that you don't probably don't even want to make that trade yeah but will he ever get there? I mean, they even know how to unlock that potential. Well, that's. I mean, does he know yes. how? And do the Suns know well, how? Well, and again, I think. I yes, I, I think the latter. I think they've been. I think they've been. This has been a work in progress, if you will. I think a lot of it's going to really depend on on Da and and how he responds to his payday. The thing that's really interesting to me, though, is what is this chemistry going to feel like because you can make an argument that maybe the age of innocence is over that 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 beautiful youthful veneer that kind of was part of this basketball mm-hmm. team that's going to be that's going to be one of the casualties of all of this because Mikhail Bridges he's well aware of what's been going on we've noticed that on social media Cam Johnson same deal he talked about it he talked about it DA went through this last year so so maybe they all realize okay you know what this is just business this is just the way it is and 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 maybe they're able to kind of reconnect along those lines. Well, I I thought, we, we've talked so much too about as sons and patching things up with DeAndre Ayton seeing him in that video participating in that video yesterday and he was the only player featured in showing off those new uniforms. I know. It, it might be cosmetic whatever. I thought it was a very good sign about his mindset and his willingness to, you know, reacclimate. And he said it to the day that he signed his contract, and you can mm-hmm. see it on, on his pinned tweet on his uh, on his Twitter account. Hey, want to get back to work with, with my guys, Right, was basically what he said. Right. So I think those are good signs moving yeah. forward. The video felt like he was the guy who was in town. So might, we used might them. be right, or else why not? Well, why wouldn't it be Devin Booker in the video? Well, I, listen, or why wouldn't it be multiple players in the video? Well, that's a, that's a very good point. I, the, the question also becomes: you know, it's it's August. These are basketball players. How many of them are actually in town? No, yeah. they're at you know national parks. They're at the Grand Tetons. The Ozarks. Yeah, they're in the Ozarks. <laughs> they're in national parks with Brian Yellowstone and Yosemite. That's what they're. Dip. That's where they're at, man. Dry Tortuga. <laughs> <laughs> Great salt flats. Yes, that too. 
So, uh, so listen, I, I think, I think. For this to work, I think Monty Williams, I, I honestly believe this. I think with all the fur that was flying internally near the end of the playoffs, I think Monty Williams may maybe snapped a little prematurely on DA because DA is the easy guy to snap at. And I think and if Monty Williams believes this, I'm sure Monty Williams will have had or will have that conversation with DA because whether Monty meant this or not, the it's internal – Quote, to the national media after a playoff loss in which a bench DA, you just pin that on him. Yeah, to, to, to a large degree. To a did. large degree. Yeah. You pinned it on him when it was everybody. Oh, still having flashbacks. Well, it's, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, this is one of the damnedest things about our collective sporting experiences. Our football team and our NBA team, the two most you know, emotionally invested t- franchises we have both expose this region to m- two of the more traumatic playoff experiences anybody could ever experience. You know what? Let's move. <laughs> Where, Where do you want to go? Not we're yet, ex- man. Winter's coming. We're exploring trades. Where do you want to go, Austin? <laughs> yeah, Austin. Yeah, I don't think we'd. I don't think we'd uh, farewell in Boston. Listen, I'm not moving. Mullet Arena is coming to Arizona. I ain't moving anywhere, man. <laughs> You're moving in there. It's Dan's time. <laughs> Picks Picks is back for the 2022 NFL season. Text PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize. 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners get an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, Cardinals continuing their uh, preparation for their preseason finale. Could we get a surprise roster move at the running back position? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. You know, we made it to the AFC Championship, uh, the Super Bowl, so, um, you know, just knowing what it takes to get there, y'all could bring that energy to the locker room, um, you know, help guys, um, but seeing things, well, making corrections, uh, just any anything off stuff, just off the field stuff, just you know everybody being accountable and uh, you know just just taking all all in and giving all the knowledge I, I got to the young guys and even some of the older guys. That is uh, Daryl Williams of the Arizona Cardinals, a guy we haven't heard much from. But that was back uh, on August third. His press availability during training camp, we've not seen Daryl Williams on the field. He had one carry in the second preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. And why are we talking about Daryl Williams? Because we've had so much talk, Bick, about the running back position, how the competition is going, how much Eno Benjamin has been raved about by several different members of the organization over the last um, couple of months. Uh, But um, Daryl Williams remains an unknown quantity in how he fits with the Arizona Cardinals offense. Yeah. Uh, Pro Football Focus this morning had a uh, piece by Doug Kyad, surprise uh, trade and cut candidate from around the NFL sources way in. Daryl Williams lands on this list. 
He writes, Williams is a curious case, but he was a player identified by multiple league sources as someone who could be a surprise cut or trade this summer. On one hand, his contract is cheap and guaranteed, and the Cardinals don't have much in the way of running back depth with Williams, Benjamin, rookie six-round pick, Keonta Ingram, and Jonathan Ward behind starter James Conner. On the other hand, Williams has played four snaps all preseason. Benjamin has started both preseason games. Ingram has impressed, and Arizona likes Ward. The Cardinals would save less than $895,000 by trading Williams since his contract is guaranteed. If cut, they'd only recoup that money if he signed elsewhere. Yeah, that's a, it's a very interesting report. I found myself kind of thinking this as I watched the game on Sunday night when Darrell Williams got a carry and didn't do much with it. And I thought, what are they doing with this guy? And, and complicating matters is the following. If you do believe you want Trace McSorley on your roster, okay, you're, you're, you're taking three quarterbacks. If you're a Assembling all this depth on the offensive line, okay, the numbers are starting to get a little dicey here, and I don't think you can get real indulgent with how many running backs you carry. Mm-hmm. So you got James Conner, who's going to be your featured back. You've got Eno Benjamin, who Cliff Kingsbury has been raving about for three months. You've got Keontae Ingram, who who hasn't. Uh, 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 the numbers aren't great, but when he carries the ball, uh, he looks like he belongs on a football field. He runs hard. Runs hard. Jonathan Ward is is excellent in my opinion, and he plays special teams. And did I miss anybody? Okay, there's four right there. And so if you keep Daryl Williams because you signed him from Kansas City, you got to cut one of those guys. And I don't don't think they want to cut any of them. Unless, I mean, unless it's a a Keontae Ingram on the practice squad kind of situation, I I don't know. But it, it's hard to say. We yeah. know what Daryl Williams can do. He's a versatile player. He was, you know, got a, again a thousand yards from scrimmage for the Chiefs. Was their leading rusher last year, uh, even though the numbers in, in the run game weren't spectacular. But here in Arizona. You know, if you haven't seen the practices, you haven't seen Daryl Williams. No, at all. that's so it, it, yeah. it's an unknown commodity right now. Yeah, and so and and so he hasn't exactly flashed, if you will, and and I think he was not in the greatest of shape when he reported. Although I don't know all that much about his history, um, I I do think that I do buy what what they're selling here. I do think that they're probably looking into can we spin him off, peel him off for something. Just to just to just to make this room less crowded, but then again, you've got to have belief that the guys you have can do it for you in the regular season. And I, I know Jonathan Ward can. He's 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 been a guy that is really flashed with very limited touches and carries. I, I I'm a big fan of his, and you're a big fan of Eno and Keontae Ingram. I mean, it, it's this kid looks legit yep. from what I can tell. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury yesterday before the team went to Nashville for their joint practice against the Titans. He uh, talked about uh, a new Cardinal, Cody Ford, whom the team traded for uh, earlier in the week on that transition and that relationship Ford has with Kyler Murray. Definitely. I think when you have, you know, he played with Hollywood and, and Kyler, two guys that can kind of show you the ropes. Kyler, particularly having been here now for three years, it'll, there'll be a Comfort level here, um, as far as just getting to know the area and getting settled in over the next two weeks before we kick off the regular season. We talked about that trade yesterday. It didn't make a lot of sense uh, on many levels to us. We'll have more on that uh, from the Cardinal side. Max Starks is going to join us at nine fifteen, so we can pick his offensive lineman brain. But Brandon Bean, the GM of the Buffalo Bills, he spoke about uh, the decision to trade uh, Cody Ford to the Cardinals. Put it all together, it just ultimately, you know, my heart of hearts, I wanted Cody to, you know, come in here and. 
and, and have his best year in, into his fourth year and make it make a decision to whether we were going to re-sign him or not. But um, I think it just circumstances, you know, Cody really wants to start and and felt that's that's what he, he deserved. And, and for us, versatility is very important. Um, you know, and as we pare this down, it just ultimately made the most sense for the Bills and for Cody. That's, uh, you know, he wanted to start. I don't think he was penciled into the starting lineup yeah. for, for the Bills. And, you know, if everybody's healthy and engaged, I don't think he pencils into the starting lineup with the Cardinals either. No. And and so I maybe, it, maybe this is a situation where the Cardinals are looking at Cody Ford because the analytics you laid out there yesterday, it's really hard to paint Cody Ford as a good player based on the assortment of grades. Based on those, yeah. Yeah, just based on the assortment of grades. Maybe they're buying on the, okay, you know what? This guy knows Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray knows this guy, and we've got Sean Coogler, who is already doing wonders with Will Hernandez, and and maybe maybe they're leaning on him to help... That's a good point. Cody Ford. Yeah. But but again, I, I just don't understand at a time when you need other positions why draft capital would have been deployed to bring him in if there wasn't more to it than that. This is What I just explained is taking a flyer on a guy, not trading a fifth-round draft pick for a guy. By the way, we're getting to the point at those other positions of need where it's like you need to like make a move already. Because, yeah. I mean – at a certain point, you're not going to have any time at all to ingratiate. Is that that's a word, right? To work them into assimilate. your system, assimilate them into your yeah. system. Yeah, ingratiate is a word. A cornerback, a pass rusher, something like that. Like at a certain point, if you if you pick them up like a a week before the season, the real season starts. Right. It's it's you know. It's just it's just confusing to me that they haven't addressed the two main things that go heading into the off season. It, that they then have. you got to wonder again how much of this is financial related because there are rules where if you sign a guy after the season begins, it's the contract's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So I, the, I don't know. The, I, uh, to I'm a little point, confused by, by it, but yeah, I am too. But to Jared's point. You know, it's not as let's say it's after the final preseason game and after the final roster cutdown that the Cardinals do swing that rumored deal for a cornerback. It's not like it's game week already. They have that built in bye week. So it buys them a little bit of time to ingratiate. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, uh, the big stories of the day in rush hour reboot form. Sarah Cazell takes us through it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Every single day at this time, we get you caught up on the biggest stories of the day in the Valley and elsewhere. Uh, I am Sarah Cazell taking you through those stories with Dan Bickley. Hey, hi. (laughs) Vince Murata. And Jared Carlin. Now that makes my mouth feel good. <laughs> wow. Three Mike Leach. Three, everyone. Three for three. That was tremendous. Oh, let's get into the biggest story of the day, which actually came down about... 
not quite 24 hours ago, almost 24 hours ago, we learned at 8 o'clock yesterday morning that Kevin Durant, after all of that, is staying in Brooklyn. Uh, the Nets put out a statement, in case you missed it, that says all of the major players in the organization met with Kevin Durant and his agent on Monday. And together, they decided to move forward in Brooklyn to pursue a title. NBA player turned ESPN analyst Matt Barnes reacted to that news as it came down. Uh, not necessarily surprised. I think the Rudy Gobert trade uh, from Utah to Minnesota really clogged the market up. If you think about it, you know, four first-round picks, a swap, and then quality role players. If you're able to get that for Rudy Gobert, what are you able to get for Kevin Durant? You know, you got to think six to eight first-round picks plus quality players. So I just think the ask was too high because the market was a little off this summer. So I think the Nets are very happy that this is how everything ended up. We did hear teams willing to offer up four first-round picks, maybe five first-round picks, but yeah, not six to eight, as Matt Barnes alluded to there. Dan Vince, are the Suns better off or worse off without Kevin Durant? Uh, I think uh, talent-wise, they'd be closer to winning a championship uh, with Kevin Durant, but I think uh, as time has gone on throughout all of this, I I just I feel a, a gravitational pull to do it the old way, to, to run it back with the majority of guys that they had last year. So I, I, I think I think the Suns still have enough ceiling with the players they have to get this done without Kevin Durant. And you can read about that in Vic's column on ArizonaSports.com. You can. Front and center, baby. Um, I, Vic brings up great points. I mean, look at the teams that win championships. They have a player of Kevin Durant's quality yeah. on the roster. But it all depends for me on how sharpened are the Suns by what they went through last year. We know that this group is going to start the season together. How much are they motivated by that egg or you know dairy on their face, basically, in Game <laughs> 7 with the way it ended? Because they are still close to a championship. But if you are a Suns fan and you're upset that Kevin Durant is not coming here, you can extend your middle finger towards uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves because they ruined it for you. Yeah, because <laughs> Pat Bev used to be there. <laughs> Uh, mentioning Dan Bickley's column on ArizonaSports.com. I just want to read this graph quickly from it. The two-time NBA Finals MVP would have been a fascinating addition to our sporting landscape. The trio of Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul would have been filthy and villainous. The most awesome NBA spectacle since Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. And yet, Durant's presence would have come at a certain cost. A loss of innocence and invalidation of the culture that has been at the root of 115 regular season triumphs and four playoff series victories in the past two years. I'm curious, guys, when you look at all of the what ifs in Arizona sports history, where does this Kevin Durant situation sit for you? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good question. I mean, when you when you start talking about what ifs, you start talking about the the coin flip for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's Lou Alcindor at the time. That was enormous, quite obviously. You talk about Boris Diaw and Amari Stoudemire leaving the bench. You talk about... Antonio Holmes in the Super Bowl. Right? Francisco it, would have covered anybody on that. Drive. Yeah, yeah. If Darnell Dockett, who had Ben Roethlisberger right there, if you'd have just sacked him on that play. Yeah. Joe Johnson. I don't. I, Joe Johnson's yeah. another great one. I don't know where this one ranks because I, I, we don't know really how close the Suns yeah. ever were to acquiring him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I wouldn't put it up near the top either no. because it's so conceptual. 
Kevin Durant in Phoenix, we're, we're never going to see what it was. Now, if he came here and the Suns didn't win a title, I think, you know, that's that's a what-if scenario. But yeah. Bix, Bix's right. We don't know how far this It went. did feel closer, though, than other hypothetical ones in the past, like Peyton Manning visiting with the Cardinals, yeah. for example. Yeah. yeah. This one felt the closest, maybe, of all those super-duper stars almost come to Phoenix. Okay, you know... Wasn't Andy Reid once rumored to come to Arizona? He was, but... Man, you know, Jared, talk about a what-if. They couldn't widen the door. Talk about... Oh, oh Jared. Jeez. He was in Arizona once, wasn't he, the NA, with NAU? Andy yeah, Reed? way back in the day, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. He was a coordinator there. You but could have yeah, pitched before, him on your idea of a Reuben Froster. Remember uh, <laughs> when Bruce Arians got the job, the first yeah. name that circulated really fast, too, by the way, was, oh, it's a done deal. Andy Reid's coming to Arizona. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, On that note, talking about how close Kevin Durant may or may not have been to coming to Phoenix, uh, this tweet from our John Gambadoro about 10 o'clock yesterday morning. He said the Phoenix Suns had multiple conversations with the Nets this offseason, but none in the last couple of weeks. The Suns were never out of it because they were never really in it. The Nets were always insistent that the return had to be better than what Utah got for Rudy Gobert, which Matt Barnes alluded to in that sound you just heard. So there is uh, our insider, John Gambadoro, with with his input on the situation. All right, let's stick with the Suns, uh, but we'll go to Vince's favorite topic, unis. Oh. Laundry. The classic edition jerseys. Uh, the Suns revealed yesterday, yesterday morning as well. They'll wear them at least 20 times this season. They are a throwback to the beautiful, iconic sunburst look from the early 90s in honor of the 30th anniversary season of the 92-93 Suns. Uh, if you haven't seen the look at them yet or the video that DeAndre Ayton starred in, that is on ArizonaSports.com right now. But when you look at those throwback unis to the 92-93 uh, Suns season, what memories from that year come back for you guys? Misty watercolor memories. Um, the whole season was a dream until that Paxson shot. I mean, that, that's the memory. I mean, everything lined up almost perfectly with all the newness, the new uniforms, the new arena, new coach, new superstar player, 62 wins. It felt like destiny. That's that's the, 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 the memory I get. And, and most of it is so pleasant. To reminisce about, but yeah, the ending was so painful. Yeah, this is uh, it, it, to me. I've got a lot of memories about this. I did not live here. I was in Chicago, but I came here for nine days, right, um, right about the NBA Finals, and it was my first real deep immersion in this in this sports market, and and to witness just how collegial this market's love for this basketball team was, uh, it, it blew my mind. I, I've I had never seen anything like it. You know how you know how big it was. How big was it? You didn't have to ask for the Suns game to be put on in a sports <laughs> bar. No, you didn't. It was on. No, the problem it, was you couldn't get into the sports well, bar to if, watch the right, game. Right, if you went so into crowded. the sports bar, you probably saw Suns players partying with fans <laughs> like Dan Marley and Charles Barkley. That's what blew me away. Rock I, I, stars. Yeah, they were rock stars, but they were like in they were like in bars with sports fans. Charles. You see them in Maloney's. Not Aaron Maloney's. Maloney's <laughs> the bar that yeah. used to be in Tempe. They have one of those in Tucson. Yeah, they do. I don't they do. Know, at least. Oh, they, they Speaking of it. Charles Barkley. What about him? We'll be on the show tomorrow. <gasps> oh, so nice. stay tuned tomorrow for that. Okay, we will stay tuned for that. Okay, finally. <laughs> Don't change <laughs> the station until tomorrow. Right. Yes. Well, you right. shouldn't do that anyway. Don't go to sleep. Stay with us. Break uh, your radio so that it cannot turn <laughs> channels. <laughs>
Uh, you break the radio every day when you sing, Jarrett. Oh. Oh, ASU announced yesterday that its new multi-purpose arena is going to be named Mullet Arena. So we can't end the Rush Hour reboot without asking the patron saint of mullets, Dan Bickley. Uh-huh. Saint Daniel. Uh-huh. What do you think about this name for ASU? I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I just do. I mean, obviously, it's not about the hairstyle, but but again, it's it's going it's, to be. Yeah, it's going <laughs> exactly. to be. Hockey used to be just, I mean, full of mullets. And it was so much so that when I was traveling with the Blackhawks, I used to always get a lot of, hey, what, what, where do you play? What, what? They, they used to think I was a minor leaguer, like on some affiliate of the Blackhawks. I'm playing just in the AHL yeah, this year. Yeah, Yaromir Yager once said I looked like his little brother. He told me that to his face. Oh, so I, I think it's I think it's just, I think it's priceless. You know what I, I think I'm of, a big fan. Every time I hear this story, I always react the same way. Wow, I forgot they're going to be at this arena for three more years. At a minimum. Could at a minimum. Longer. Yeah, at a minimum. Could be longer. Okay, so I have to shout out one of our listeners, Troy Scott. I tweeted yesterday after the Mullet Arena name came out that we need every fan in attendance at the home opener for ASU or for the Coyotes to wear mullet wigs with whatever they've got going <laughs> That's on. perfect. Troy Scott responded, and they have to throw those mullet wigs on the ice for a hat Ooh, trick. Oh, I like it. So Troy Scott, I love that idea. ASU, uh, Coyotes, feel free to steal it. It is Perfect. I can't wait. Now they just need to get a player that could score a a hat trick. They had several last year, Jared. Come on. Give them credit. (laughs) We're all rebooted. Thank you, Sarah. Rush Hour Reboot, the big stories of every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, we have no resolution to what might be the most depressing quarterback competition in the history of the NFL. That and more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Marks. Gino's been the guy in the lead position the whole time, and I've protected that thought with, uh, you know, throughout. And, and he's done a really nice job. He's been very consistent. Um, so we'll just see what happens. And, and, you know, there's two more weeks of practice, too, after this. So there's where the timeline, I had a set thought on the, I mean, what we would do with the timeline, but that got disrupted. And so um, we're, you know, we're going to use all the time we need. That's Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, on his quarterback competition, which is still open, not resolved at this point. Will it be Geno Smith? Will it be Drew Locke? Uh, we were joking around in the pre-show, Big <laughs> said it might be the most depressing, worst quarterback competition yeah. ever. Yeah. It seems to me, what it really honestly seems to me like is the Seahawks are fully prepared to tank a season without saying so. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. Because I, Pete Carroll is too smart to think that that he's got a, uh, um, a playoff caliber quarterback in his midst. I mean, come on. Yeah. Then the possibility where the conversation went after that statement from Pete Carroll from reporters that were covering uh, this event. Might you alternate quarterbacks, do that whole college thing? Would you ever consider playing two quarterbacks at once? That that can happen. Yeah, that can happen. Have you ever done that? Not... No, not not really, not with the same sense. These guys are so even right now that you know um, that we have we have a lot of respect for both their play, and so. Uh, but I'm not thinking that way right now. I'm thinking of getting going, getting started, ready, rolling, and all of that. Um, and Gino's in the mentality, has been in that mentality the whole time, and that's that was very much by design. I'm trying to think. Yes, of this. yes, they're even. They both suck. <laughs> that <laughs> that's what he's saying. They're they're in a dead heat of crap, <laughs> <laughs> right? They're, 
They're even. One sucks and one sucks even more. Right. I mean, it's and again, it's like I saw Lewis Riddick went out to a Seahawks practice a couple weeks ago and said, oh, they got something special brewing here. And I, I laughed to myself. I'm like, come on, dude. You know better than that. A football team without a legit quarterback, they're sunk and everyone knows it. Which makes you wonder what you said before, too, about are the Seahawks comfortable and, you know, hiding the, uh, the tank season? Why is Pete Carroll on board for this? Is this the way he wants to end his run in Seattle? Which, by the way, and it's painful to say, it's been a fantastic run for oh, him in Seattle. Well, listen, I'm not sure there's a comp for what the Seahawks just did with Russell Wilson in terms of having a guy that brought them to where he brought them to find the organization for the better part of a decade. And now, OK, you know what? You've had it with us. We've had it with you. Here's an apple. Here's a roadmap. See ya. Yeah. This is, you remember the day this went down, the reaction in Seattle? It was, it was one of those days where people in Seattle will never forget where they were when they heard the news. One of those days. This is monumental stuff what the Seahawks did. And it's not going to go well for them this year. And they must be looking at this quarterback class coming out next year going, we got to get a guy. And the only way we're going to get a guy is to get a top three draft pick. It's also weird, though, to see a team with such lack of talent on offense that has such talent at wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They got 2,000-yard receivers, potentially, in, and, in Metcalf and, and Lockett. And DK Metcalf's a hothead. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to really be all that good either. Uh, another team with quarterback questions in the Cardinals division, the San Francisco 49ers. Their path is clear. They know who they're going with. Trey Lance is going to be the guy, the second-year man out of North Dakota State. Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. Former quarterback Brett Favre told the 33rd team the 49ers are making a mistake. They should go with Jimmy G. I would go with Garoppolo. He's not as flashy, not near as flashy. He wasn't their first-round pick. And no, no offense towards Trey Lance, but what Jimmy has done is win. And win, win, win. Again, not flashy, so it's not the glamorous pick. But my goodness, the guy has won and put him in a position to go or compete for the Super Bowl year in and year out and deserves that right to, to keep playing. But I think their defense is really good, barring injury. Offensively, if Trey plays the way they hope and is capable of, then you know they're, they're competing for it right there at the end. There's a tremendous upside with Trey. There's no question about it. But Jimmy G has, has been a proven winner. And, and that's uh, oftentimes, and I said this earlier, oftentimes that gets overlooked as a guy a winner. The Garoppolo is definitely a winner. I agree with basically everything Brett Favre said there. Right, except for the story that Jimmy Garoppolo ghosted the 49ers. Which and, might have been the whole reason that they soured on him in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it could also be the reason why that story is getting out because the because there's a lot of this backlash like really you're 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 putting all the eggs in that basket. It's pretty crazy that hasn't been resolved yet. I, it's it's crazy to me that you've got two teams that the Cardinals have have either been chasing or involved in just absolute bloodbaths with for years that are now both dealing with their own kind of weirdness. Yeah. Like the 49ers have a championship caliber roster. And then they've got this quarterback piece that it's it, they've got to push the button. 
this year. And then you got this deal in Seattle. You know, for all the years that that Seattle just the payback for all the years of Seattle and and, and all that special kind of Seahawk arrogance, that's going to be interesting to watch, too. Uh, yesterday, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan and John Lynch were both asked about Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo, uh, and they said anything is possible at this point. Shanahan said, I communicate with Jimmy all the time. He looks the same as he always has. He always throws it really good, so he looks exactly the same. Lynch was asked about, hey, do you have to do something with Garoppolo before the cut down to 53? Uh, he said, no, he's doing great. <laughs> so he might be on the wow. team when, when they actually uh, get ready for the season opener, which would be nuts to me. And, and, and the fact that, you know, holding these two stories up against each other, the depression of the quarterback uh, situation in Seattle and a guy right in the division, uh, yeah, he's expensive. Is he a stopgap? Absolutely. Uh, that, to me, indicates what you pointed out about Seattle, that they're willing to have a, a real off year. Yeah. If they wanted to win games, they'd go out and get a guy like that. Would San Francisco trade in the, the division like that, though? I mean, there's but, literally no other teams right now that need a quarterback. I mean, now now that the Baker Mayfield to Carolina thing finally happened. If you're willing as a franchise, when you think about this, if you're willing as a franchise to, to pivot from a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo to a guy like Trey Lance, then you shouldn't then you shouldn't be cowardly enough to hedge your bet and say, well, I'm not going to trade him in the division in case we're wrong. Especially well, yeah, because especially you're saying Trey Lance is better than right, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Yeah. So why should but, we, but be we don't want to be but we're But we're not exactly sure, so we don't want to be wrong, so we got to make sure we trade him to an AFC team. You can't do that when there's no market, right? And so, so I, I, I think that if Seattle really wanted to make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm, I'm sure you could, you know, you could probably probably get him if you offer probably. San Francisco enough. But, uh, but again, I, I don't think that's Seattle's play here. No. Um, one other uh, quarterback note. Uh, this one on. Patrick Mahomes. Remember when Tyreek Hill landed in Miami and he made comparisons between Tua and Patrick Mahomes and everybody kind of rolled their eyes? Uh, Sammy Watkins played with Kansas City. Now he's playing with the Green Bay Packers. And on the Packers official website, there was an interview with Watkins and Randall Cobb. And uh, Watkins told Cobb, quote, I think Pat is incredibly good, but A-Rod is on a whole nother level. A uh, reporter asked him to repeat the quote, and he didn't deny saying it. Uh, Watkins said of Rodgers, he's amazing how he controls the ball, how he puts everyone in place. I've been with a lot of quarterbacks, and I've never seen them carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. And people might say, oh, that's a slight on Patrick Mahomes. It really isn't. It's more of a compliment to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, and again, something I agree with. Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. I believe Aaron Rodgers operates at a different level than every other quarterback. Yeah, he's got an elite arm talent, right? I mean, his dog won't even chase the stick he throws. That's how good his arm is. <laughs> you remember that commercial, right? Jake from State Farm. Hey! <laughs> Coming up next, Bix got your blast. Let's it's Bickley it. and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.